Welcome to another podcast. This one is extra special because not only is it my first interviewed podcast or shared podcast, but I have one of my favorite people in the whole entire world, my brother, David. Welcome, David, to the podcast. Hey, thanks. Nice to be here. <laughs> You're looking good, man. Thank you. You're looking fit. And I'm that, trying to be. And that beard is something amazing. Yeah, I'm thinking I shave that real soon here. <laughs> For those who are just listening, we're also trying to record this um, and put it on a YouTube channel, on my YouTube channel as well. So I apologize for any background noises you may hear. My kids are home, so it could get a little crazy in the background. But otherwise, hey, let's get right into this thing. I, uh, I, I told David I was going to put a question out on Facebook because we were trying to figure out what kind of questions I would ask him today. And I wanted to give him some softball questions too. So I wanted to let him know beforehand some of the things we might talk about. But of course, I want to throw in a couple fastballs and ask him some things he wasn't ready for. But looking on here, what's up? I said, we'll see how I do here. Yeah, well, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, Dave. Who are you? I am a husband and father. Husband to Julie and father to six boys. I have a daughter-in-law now, which is fantastic, and a grandson. And he's just as cute as can be. You're That's a grandpa. You're I'm a grandpa. A grandpa. Absolutely. And you are old. And loving it. Oh, absolutely. I am. And feeling every bit of it. How are you? Oh, man. You're awesome, dude. So six kids. Um, you know what? That actually brings something up here because Ivy, um, Abby Van Dusen on Facebook, she said, how do you balance being a husband, being a father of six, working, and being active in your church? It seems like so many things. I don't do a very good job, I don't think. I, <laughs> is that a hard one or is that a soft one? That's probably a soft one that I'm just, I uh, see my old age is getting to me. I don't know, I guess I balance it this way. I try and do um, what the Lord would have me do first. And, uh, and so I, I guess what I think he would have me do first is try and be a good husband, which a lot of times I fail at. Um, I try and be a good father next, which a lot of times I fail at. And then I, um, and then I try and serve others, which a lot of times I fail at. I don't know if I'm successful in any of those, um, but I try. I try. I know I'm happier if I, if I put, when I put other people's um, needs and wants in front of my own. No, I think that's a key. I think trying, right, and not giving up and constantly trying, that's succeeding in my book, right? It's when you stop trying. I think that's well, in that case, I'm a success. Yeah, you're a success, man. Yeah. In fact, you know, it's funny, uh, that kind of mom, your mother, our <clears throat> mother, she sent me a message. Let me read what she said in here. She said, um, said that somewhere, maybe she put it on Facebook, actually. Other than this one, she did say when David was young, he wanted to grow up to be the Incredible Hulk. Still do. Still do. He said he certainly grew up to be a pretty, incredible, pretty incredible, even if he's not green. So mm. she thinks you're incredible. Well, thanks, Mom. So did you really want to be the Incredible Hulk? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I did. I'm sure I did. <laughs> I remember <laughs> wanting to be five, too, and I was able to hit that pretty good. Be what? 
Five. Five. Oh yeah. Hey, yeah. You you breeze right over that one. I nailed it, man. I nailed it. Years ago. <laughs> no, this is the one I was thinking of. She said, one of the traits I've always admired in David is that he is genuinely happy when others succeed or do well. Absolutely. I, I do. I, I mean, I like watching other people have success. And my kids make fun of me because, you know, I'll watch these uh, reality TV shows and it's still stories that kill me, man. I start bawling like a baby, man. I, I, I do. <laughs> well, I can attest to this because growing up, David was a little older than me. Uh, when I played football, David was like my, my biggest fan. I always felt like yeah, absolutely. He, no matter what I was doing, if David was in the stands, he makes you feel like a million bucks, right? Oh, thanks, man. And just the support Dave's always given me no matter what. It's not – some people – when they see somebody else have any success at all, it kind of makes them feel less about themselves for some reason. You notice that? So some people are yeah. afraid to cheer on somebody else's successes because they, they maybe feel like it, it's a reflection on them that they're not as successful or something. And so they're afraid to do it. But people like David have this gift of making you feel great about yourself, right? Even when you're not that great. So I think that's a huge quality you have, Dave. I think that's a really good Thank thing you. that mom brought up. Thanks, how you, mom. How, Thank how do you do that? Why do you do it? I mean, you must feel confident in yourself. You must feel... Oh, I don't know if I do or not. I, I don't know. I really don't know. I genuinely like it when people succeed, when they overcome things. Um, I know that, that there are things in life for me that are super hard. I mean, super hard. Um, I don't want to go out and do, but when I do, I feel better about myself. And so I guess I translate that to others as well. I want them to feel that because it feels so good when you overcome. And uh, even the little things need to be celebrated because sometimes we get forgotten or they get forgotten, I should say. Oh, I but think thanks awesome. for that. Good. That's really nice. Yeah. No, mom mentioned that on here and I thought, man, that's, that nailed it. That, that nails it. Dave's awesome at that. So there's some funny things on there. Let me go through a couple of them. Just the Facebook ones. Okay. <laughs> Did you get, get a chance to look at any on of Facebook these? again? No, I don't get on Facebook. But well, Hunter, Hunter <laughs> threw this one out here. How come? Ask him why he's the only bald Olson. Well, like I tell my kids, Hunter, the way the way the hair works is that the bigger brain, the more you use in the brain it burns the hair follicles from the other side. And so obviously I'm the only bald one in my family. What is it about this guy right over here that has all that hair versus this guy that has none? That's a good point. Think about it. That's a good point. Although I think you're a little off. I think you're a little off on your yeah. science. Yeah, I think it has something to do with white hair, but no, I thought sure that was funny. Been, yeah, I'm sure it's been proven somewhere, Ryan. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I told him on there to ask grandma. You know, that was just, I thought it was You know, the funny thing that. is there, there, yeah, I, we have one uncle on, on mom's side, her uncle, I guess, that is bald. Everybody else on both sides has a lot of hair, a lot of hair. <laughs> um, and yeah, I went through a time where it was hard, but now uh, I'm old and it doesn't matter now. I feel I now, I feel like the prophets, right? A lot of them are bald. And, okay. Yeah, no, I think you look fantastic. And same thing, you know, when you go white, it's the same way. You you don't you don't go you didn't go that white. Let me see. You have a little white coming in now. Yeah, Your beard looks great. Though. Yeah. And mom's comment yesterday about me having a white beard with some black. I don't know what she's talking about. I just have some scruff. 
anyway, very cool. You know, I, I, I do pride myself on this, and I'm going to throw my entire family under the bus. Is that, yes, I might be the Baldwin hunter, but I'm the only one, the only one who has yet to dye his, her, his hair. I, or I her was waiting hair. for that to come. I knew that would be your, your throwback in my face if I even mentioned that, but no, Where's so mic? true. <laughs> mic drop. Uh, that's funny. Okay, let me go through here. Um, Zachary wants to know who your favorite one one favorite child is? Yep. Zach is my son. Yes, he is. he's one of my he is my one he is he is my one um newly returned missionary from California. Uh, how do I say this without out of all the missionaries that have returned from California in my family, my favorite one. Wow. That's some high praise, Zach. Mm -hmm. That's some high yeah. praise. Of course, um, everybody that's returned from Louisiana slash Mississippi, Spencer, he's the man. Okay. All Out right. of all my sons that have gone to Peru, Riley is awesome. He's my favorite. Wow. So, wow. there you go. You really put yourself out there. I know, I know. By saying that, you got a target now because... It's bold, isn't it? It's bold. It's bold. Now, now let's just hope that none of my other boys go to any of those states or, or, <laughs> or countries and... There might be a little competition. It might be. I might have to change my tune. Robert Arvey, he put on here. First he said, have you ever been kicked out of, well, no, I better not. So I don't know what that was about. <laughs> Probably. Okay, go ahead. Okay, all right, we're moving on. He said, why haven't you produced any girls? <laughs> I still think that's a wives' tale, man. I, I know science <laughs> says that it's all on the guy to whatever and I think uh, Julie wanted a lot of boys. So and just so to clarify, awesome. all six of your children are boys. All of them. I do have a daughter-in-law, but my grandchild is a boy as well. So blame that on me again. <laughs> yes, it's your fault. No, that's awesome. Uh, on on that all. note, I mean, you obviously don't have experience, you know, raising girls, but raising yeah. six boys has got to be a crazy experience. It's fun. They're all good. I mean, I I went through what they're going through, and so I mean, I feel for them. <laughs> but uh, um, now I was thinking, I, I kind of get jealous of people with with girls or guys with girls, and and I've noticed that <clears throat> boys they gravitate to being mama's boys. All my boys are mama's boys. Girls gravitate to being daddy's girls. Well, I don't got any girls, and so I got no one. <laughs> it's, it's, it's everybody against me yeah they they you know they like to talk a, a game well there's julie doesn't have any you know any girls on her side well she's got all the boys i got nobody as far as that stuff goes that's a good point man that's interesting you. so you're that's lucky pretty... you're lucky yes yes i am it, it is it is awesome being a dad isn't it oh it is fun um kevin knight Oh, uh, Kevin nice. Knight, he commented on here. He said, Dr. Pepper and Slam Ball all summer. All summer long. That was fun, Kevin. He was a good player, man. Or probably still is, I don't know. But yeah, Slam Ball. What's Slam Ball? Do you remember that? Slam Ball, remember <clears throat> at our house we had the, uh, we were one of the first first people in the neighborhood really to have the the basketball backboard that would go up and down. Yeah. And so um, I'd like to say that we didn't lower it at all, but we did. <laughs> and we call it slam ball or jam ball or whatever. I remember jam ball, slam ball 
where we'd get a few guys and we'd play two or three on three. And, and that was fun because we could alley-oop and we, we felt like those because we are throwing it down. And I should say, I, I didn't have the hoops that, uh, or the hops rather, Kevin did. Or Kevin was really good, really good. Always beat me up and Andy and all those guys. But it was fun. It was fun to pass them the ball. It made me look feel good anyway. No, man, I loved playing basketball growing up. That was something I spent a lot of my time doing with that hoop in the front yard. Oh, yeah. All the way up at 10 feet, dunking that thing constantly. Yeah. Of course, nobody well, – I'm sure other people had the same uh, experience. But uh, back when we didn't have a battle hoop in the front yard, we did have a lot of cement in the backyard, Right. Oh, yeah. And we did have garbage hands. And so we played a lot of garbage hoop or whatever. What do we call it? Garbage ball. Garbage ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. No, some good times. You know, Kevin, I remember Kevin. He was in our ward growing up in our church. And um, I remember Kevin, he played football in the high school. It makes oh, yeah. high. And he was really good. And I remember him calling me like, like I looked up to him because he's a big football player. And one time in the four-year, he came up to me and he's like, oh, hey, little buff. He started calling me Little Buff mm-hmm. was my little, little buff. That was so cool when he called me that. I was like, wow, he's calling me Little Buff, you know? Yeah, that's funny. That's good, man. I wonder if he remembers that. That's pretty cool. I'll bet you he does. Yeah. Awesome, yeah, he was he always a good guy. Yeah, the influence we have on, on people, we don't even know sometimes, you know? Right. It's a pretty cool thing. Um, let's see. Sione thinks he knows everything about you already. I'm going to get into some probably. of these. Uh, he probably I does. Used right? to, I used to almost live at his house. Yeah, at the Foz. That's funny. Yeah. Whoa. Just something that happened from my phone there. Okay, Dave, I got some questions here for you. Sure. In no particular order, okay? Right. So tell me a little bit about your professional life. Um, I know... I, I think you started off after your mission. Where'd you go on your mission, first of all? I went to the Dominican Republic. To the uh, Well, actually, I was called to Honduras. And then when I was in the MPC, um, there was some, some civil unrest or whatever. And they called us, <clears throat> excuse me, anybody that was going to be in there or go to that mission, they were going or to that, that country. They, they pulled us in. And they changed their mission call. So I got called to uh, Santo Domingo West, or excuse me, East Mission. And then about a week later, a handful of us got called again, this time into the president's office there. And uh, we got a mission call changed again and went to the West Mission. That's where I served. So three mission calls. Yeah. But I ended up in the Dominican Republic on the west side of, I guess, the west and south, southwest. So tell me a little bit about that. Do you remember when you left to go on your mission, when you left on that plane and you flew to the Dominican Republic? Oh, I remember it. Do you? Share a little oh, bit yeah. about that. Oh, it was scary. I was scared. I was excited. I knew that I was going to do just fine, but it was scary. I remember, um, <laughs> I remember the, <clears throat> the way to get me from thinking about not knowing, or, you know, the, uh, the fact that I didn't know what I was getting myself into was I looked out the window and I saw the clouds and it was, it was just relaxing. It was fun. I felt like I wanted to jump at the clouds. And every time I get into a plane now, I look at the clouds from the other side, you know, and it's relaxing. 
So, but it was scary. It was, it was scary. I got there um, not knowing if anybody was going to meet me at the airport. Uh, we had a friend that was going to pick me up at the airport. And um, I got out there and nobody was there. And, and uh, maybe 10 minutes passed and they showed up and we got in and they got me to the airport. So that was good. But uh, yeah, just nervous, but it was yeah. fun. And when you got off the plane there in the Dominican Republic, what were some of your first impressions? Oh, man, everything was moving fast. Everything was moving fast. The, what I really remember is the, is the humidity kind of hit you. Out of nowhere, you're, you go from air-conditioned to humid, and it felt almost uncomfortable. But then you get used to that. You start sweating a little bit, and the air is blowing always. And it's not like in Arizona where you, when you sweat, if there is air that blows, it's hot and dusty. Um, there it was clean and it felt good, but that's what, that's what I immediately remember. And then just how fast everybody was moving, trying to get a, a handful of us to, um, the, uh, the, the mission home. Very cool. I, you know, I have a similar experience. I served my mission in Brazil in Sao Paulo. And when I got off the plane, same thing it was like a, a wet blanket. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe how sticky and wet I was. In fact, that first night, one of my memories was. You know, just being wet, drenched in my in my white shirt and tie, and taking a shower and getting out and drying off, putting on my clothes, and then realizing I'm totally wet again. You know, I'm like, is this how it's gonna be for two years? I'm never gonna be dry. You know, and that's how it was in the beginning. I couldn't believe it. I got sent off out into the jungle area, and it was just so humid, and I was just wet all day long. My clothes never dried. You know, do you remember that at all? I, well, I remember, no, I remember them. I, I think they tried. I just remember after like riding bikes to areas, you would sit down and you'd put your, or I would anyway, put my hands on my, my, my knees or whatever. And I'd wait for about 30 seconds and I'd lift up. And yes, everything was just pooling. My pants right there were soaked through. And I loved it. I loved it because it was a clean sweat. I, I wish I, I know people don't like sweat, but man, when it's a clean sweat and then the air immediately kind of cools you down, I loved it. it. It's just so different than here. Yeah. It took me a while to get used to. And then once I did, you don't, you don't realize it anymore until yeah. you come home. And I came home and I was like, you know, my skin just so dry. Everything was just dry. like a lizard all of a sudden, you know, that dry skin. I'll tell you, it was so pretty there. I mean, you I, I didn't get into any jungles. I don't know if there's that jungle areas there, but, uh, you know, we have the Caribbean Sea there and and, and, and that kind of um, landscape around it is pretty. And, of course, the people, and you, you can attest to where you went, the people are fantastic. Once you decide to, um, to assimilate to the culture, um, instead of expecting them to change for you, then they'd be just, they, they become fantastic. And it yeah. Fun. Oh, definitely. I, I realized, you know, there were some people, some Americans that were there that kind of would have a little, um, a little attitude of, you know, America's better. And, you know, this, I don't, well, I don't know what you call that, but a little bit of uh, pride. Yeah. Yeah. Pride. Definitely. But people would know, definitely took note of that and it would rub them the wrong way up. Yeah. Rightfully so, you know, so if you came in and you loved their stuff, you loved soccer, you loved their food, their culture, oh, that was that was awesome. You were you were in 
you know, let me, you, let me tell ahead. you this story. I thought just on that, I, I, I try to tell, um, I tell my kids and I tell other kids that go on their missions the same thing, this story. And I, I don't know, I know that our cousin went to my same mission and her rules had changed. But the idea is this, is that when I was there, um, my first companion, in fact, before then, when we were in the, um, the mission home, the, the mission president's wife at the time gave us a little uh, a, a talk thing, a, a speech or whatever. And she um, strongly suggested, now it was only a suggestion, but she, she strongly suggested that we avoid any water or any says meaning the water that comes from the tap. We we would drink purified water there, but don't don't drink any of the juices that they offer you because it's made with ice and, and that water that will make you sick. And I have no doubt that it did. But the, um, my first companion was very religious. Excuse the pun of of doing that right of of, of staying away from it and. Um, and whatever, we got through it and stuff. But my second companion, after a few months, I got another companion in that area. And I still remember that day. First day I took him out, we went to a place and we sat down and, and you know, the, the people in the house, they knew us. So they knew that we weren't going to ask or didn't want any juice. And he kind of just got restless and stuff, looking around. And finally, he looked right at that lady and goes, where's my juice? Like that, because he wasn't expecting, where's my juice? And she looked at him and her eyes got big, her smile got big, and she goes, I'll be right back. And she went and got juice. And we had, that was the first time I had juice on the island. But man, what it did to her was, was awesome. And so from then, then on, we, we got juice and everyone, and you could, you could feel the difference. You could feel the difference because now we weren't, again, ex expecting them to change to uh, accommodate the Americans. We were now part of their culture and wanted to be like them and with them. Does that make any sense? No, totally. So, and so once we did that, then everything went better. And it, it, it was just so much better. Anyway, yeah. So I tell, I tell my kids to drink the juice. Drink the juice. Yeah. Right. To some extent. I mean, if you got, if you got feces floating around in there, probably. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you gotta be smart, but. Yeah. And, and, and I will say this. Yes, I got sick. And, and I probably still am suffering a little bit, um, even post-mission. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was worth it. Yeah. So to me, it was worth it. Oh, that's great. I, I, yeah. I won't go into some of these other stories that I've had like that, but that, that, that's fantastic, man. Thanks for sharing that. Sure. If, you, uh, if you could give one piece of advice other than what you just gave to those who are preparing to leave on a mission or to go serve in another country, for example, just to go serve in general, right? What would that be? Let go, forget yourself and trust in the Lord and start moving, man. Get to work. Just start moving. A lot of times we get in our own way. We faith is all about letting go and letting God move us. Or, or, or direct us, I should say. Um, but a lot of times we want to do what we think is best. And what's best for us is to just start moving, to get out and work. 
and trust that the Lord is going to line everything else up. So that's what I would do. I would get out of your own head, trust the Lord and start moving. That's my advice. I think that's great advice. Thank you. I think that's great advice. And that's not only applies to your mission, right? Right. For your church. Yeah. I mean, that can go with it, with schoolwork, with homework, with work, with Mm -hmm. working out, right? Just doing, just starting. And a lot of times it's the hardest part. Um, You know, in in the church, we get callings, you know, where we have opportunities to serve at different, different capacities. And, you know, over the years, I've seen a lot of great examples of those who get a calling and they, what we call magnify that calling, right? They take it upon themselves to magnify it. Then I've seen others who get a calling or an assignment and months will go by and they haven't done anything. And you finally follow up with them and they're like, well, I didn't know what to do. And so they didn't do anything. And the other person got the same calling and they said, well, I better figure out what the heck I'm doing. And they go and they start and they ask questions and they start doing and making mistakes sometimes, but they're trying. Right. And uh, so there's a, I see a huge difference in that people that are just waiting to be told what to do, waiting for direction waiting for the answers to come without taking any action at all. Right. It's like the person praying for help, help me get a job. And they just sit around and they're waiting for that to just come knock on their door and the job to show up as opposed to the guy that's going out to businesses and, uh, and talking to everybody. Doing something, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Good advice. Um, let's transition on a little bit. So after the mission, you get home, mm-hmm. what do you do? Got a job. Where? I initially uh, got a job with uh, Uncle Terry and Uncle Dale at their steel shop. I cleaned up and I did some things. I drove a lot for them. And I hated the hours. I had to be up at like 4.30 or be there at 4. I can't remember what it was. It felt super early. And I did. And then I, I went up to Terry and said, Man, do you need me here that early? I mean, really? Because I'm not driving anywhere, and I'm there's there's not much to clean up because it had already been cleaned up. And uh, why don't I come in a little bit later? So I started at seven and left at four, and did a lot of driving. It it was all right, and I really appreciate them. I mean, good man, really appreciate them them offering that to me. But uh, I was ready to leave. I was excited. I moved, got a moved on to Franklin. It was Franklin Quest at the time. This is before the Covey merger. And uh, I loved it. I, I loved the idea. It was day planning. It was uh, time and life management is what they called it. And it was fun. I enjoyed the people I worked with and the hours that I had. And and uh, it made me feel real good. Now, you were awesome at that, man. <laughs> it was that, fun. Oh, it was fun to go into the store and see you there and, and um, yeah, get organized. And those, it started off with the paper, right? Yeah. And then it got into the Palm Pilots. Yeah, I was an expert at one point. Oh my goodness, technology was amazing. That was before iPhones. That was like pre-iPhone, like it was, we were getting there. We were yeah, getting was close. It, man. it was a big deal. I still remember carrying one of those things on my, my belt. I, I, I think back to, to carrying the big old phone that was, you know, big and, and then that thing and it was just as big and thought, man, I've hit it, man. I've made it. Look at this. I got stuff with my belt and stuff. 
Oh my gosh. The Zach, what's what's like Zach Morris from Saved by the yeah, Bell? Yeah, exactly, big man. It's a big deal. I, I don't know if you remember mom's phone, but I, I felt so, I don't know, so grown up when um, when she allowed, because I was working there, I didn't have a phone yet, but she had a phone and it was about, you know, it was about as thick as my head, you know, and it went down like that. It was really cool. We used to play it like, so we, 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 we'd play around never even talking because it cost money to dial and yeah. cost money to receive calls. And it was stupid. Is that the one with the leather case on it? Oh, was yeah. It? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember you know that. What I'm talking about. And you pull out the antenna. Did. Yeah. She still might have it. <laughs> she might be using it. Mom? Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. She's onto an iPhone now. She's tech savvy now. Well, she's all into that Facebook stuff. Oh, she's she's you know what mom is my number one fan i believe on facebook on my on my olsen bro page yeah. like if she comments now it says top fan or something on there besides you and mom do anybody else in our family does anybody else in the family get on facebook um let's see laney's on there is she um yeah Kristen is more of an instagram girl but she'll get on there every once in a while i get on instagram yeah, I've started to. She's been telling me to, to work Instagram better. Ivy, our ne our niece, she's an Instagram rock star. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's got thousands of followers. She does uh, all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, there's a few others on there, but no one's super active on Facebook. Yeah. You know? It got too political for me. Yeah, it, it gets political. I use Facebook. That's a good way to connect with with people. I get to see a lot of a lot of people and you know, Twitter, I only use, I basically use that for sports. You know, that's, that's my sports info and Twitter. Is. Yeah. Twitter. I get a lot of sports yeah. on Twitter and, and those kind of updates, little politics on there too. Okay. Yeah. Let's see here. So after Franklin Covey, you worked there. Do you remember how many years you worked at Franklin? I worked at Franklin for, no, for a number of years. I remember leaving Franklin to, uh, start doing windows and then you'd mentioned in one of your podcasts before i mean we were making five dollars a day just put between three of us and, and that's just not enough and i swear that i drove around it was a beer with no beer and we were in that little stupid little truck that we all had to do uh I mean, three big guys in a small little cab but no i uh i ended up uh applying i was told i was actually called and asked to apply for um, a management position at the uh, at Franklin and so I did and I was given that job and so it paid a little bit more the hours were were even better and and uh, so I left the uh, the Olsen brothers uh, of course you didn't mention this to anybody I mean you made it sound like you did so much work when we were cleaning windows and um, just let the world know that I don't think there was lower uh, level of windows that my my younger brother there ever did when I was around, ever. You know what, my guys can, re can relate. Anyone that's worked for me knows the same thing. Lower windows, I try to avoid those like the plague, man. David, you make it seem like you like you broke your back. Well, okay, you guys, if you listen to the other podcast, you know Kyle and I both had bad backs when we started window cleaning. Uh, they were trying to break mine. Dave was the only one that didn't have a bad back. And so, yeah, definitely he carried us for sure. 
anyway, so I, I left and went back to Franklin. And then after that, I wanted more money, went to the University of Phoenix for a number of years. And uh, after that, it, I went to Google. I went, I'd actually before doing the stuff I did. Um, Whitewater. White, no, oh, gosh. Man, I did a few things. Whitewater, I was a service advisor um, at, a, at, a, at Roberts. Oh, yeah. Um, um, repair shop, and then um, now I'm working for uh, a, a tooling company, High Torque, and we sell and we rent tools. And I'm over Arizona, so I travel to the mines and stuff. And usually they're in the outskirts. I love it. I love it. They're good people. Good people I get to work with, and uh, it's fun to feel like an expert in something. Um, but a lot, a lot of windshield time. Yeah, yeah, in Arizona, yeah. anyway. A lot of time to listen to podcasts, potentially. I listen to podcasts. Um, I did. I did. Um, before I got into podcasts, really, I listened to a lot of audiobooks. And a couple of years ago, when I actually um, got on, and I think I got it, it was Goodreads. I got on and I, and I um, put every book that I read on there. I, I think I got 75, 75 books that year. Nice. That I listened to and some that I read at home. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I, a lot, a lot of time to do that stuff. Yeah. No, that's really good. So now you work, like you said, for, for high torque, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah. And, and you work with all these mining, all these big mine um, locations where they use big heavy machinery and equipment and tools. Yeah. Anywhere that, not just in the mines, but in power plants and anything kind of associated with any of that, but anywhere that uses, uh, big nuts and bolts. It, it sounds. <laughs> this is the part that throws a lot of people. It's it, it's actually quite fun, but uh, it seems boring. Um, anywhere that that they need to turn a nut or a bolt down, um, that is pretty big. Not just your standard things that you'd find at home, but I mean big, big things. Um, yeah, our tools will will torque them. So we'll tighten them. Gotcha. So you sell them or you can rent them too, right? Yep. That's cool. So you've been doing that for how many years now? Five or six or seven. I, I don't know. And that was a, was that a pretty big change for you when that happened? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was exciting because of, of who he was asked by and who I get to work with now. Um, Joe, my, my brother-in-law just fantastic person I've always looked up to and, and I want to be like, you know, he's that guy that is, I mean, you mentioned that uh, um, early on or mom did that, uh, that I like it when people succeed. I mean, he's genuinely that way. I mean, yeah, it, way better than I am. And he's just the most giving guy. Um, it, 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 it's a pleasure to work with him and with him and, and, uh, Anyway, so yeah, it was a big change. It was a big change because uh, now it's opened up to me setting up my own schedule or me or me being um, beholden to my phone and to the customer. I've received calls on the weekend and you just get out and do it. Not very often do I, do I get those calls, but you know, you do. Sometimes they're late at night. Sometimes a lot of times they're early in the morning to these mines or these places that are out of town. Um, at eight in the morning or seven in the morning, you have to leave super early. And uh, 
So at least it's not every day that I have to wake up at 4 or 4.30, but sometimes I do. Gotcha. But then it gives you a lot of freedom, gives you a lot of, uh, um, it, it's, it's just, it's good. That's awesome, man. So it's almost, it's like you're your own boss, basically. Kind of, it's that feel, right? Where it's yeah. on you, a lot of that responsibility. If you get up Absolutely. and go, if you go make a visit today or not, it's up to you. Um, yeah. You nurture those leads and, and yeah, no, that's great, man. Well, I'm proud of you, dude. I think you're doing awesome. Dave's always been great at what he does. Whatever he does, he does 100%. And, um, you know, I remember when you went over and worked with with the, the auto shop, the garage shop there, and, and you know, just the night and day difference of things when Dave gets involved is, is very clear and easy to see. And, um, yeah, that's why I've always wanted Dave to work with me and do something because he's so good at it and he and – he, he does really well with it. Um, mom told me something yesterday too. She she called me because when I put that on Facebook, mom's so sweet, right? Yeah. She's gonna. She's our. I was always our biggest fan, right? She's she's so supportive. But she's she even called me this morning, like at seven in the morning again, to talk about you, about just your goodness and uh, things that she's remembering about you. Um, Gosh, and now I just went blank. So maybe it doesn't exist. I just made that up. There was really nothing. Yeah, maybe there was nothing. It's yeah. funny because uh, I tease mom. I tease mom that uh, that she never comes. She never comes to visit. She would never come to my house. And then Lainey, we were able to help the house in, in my neighborhood. Right? She lived around the corner. It was awesome to have Lainey here and said that she's. But all of a sudden. Mom would be, at least her car would be in the neighborhood often, often. I'd always like leave and I'd see mom's car parked at Lady's house all the time. And now she gets into Queen Creek a lot more than, uh, than I've ever known that she, she mm -hmm. got out of the house. Yeah, no, I know. I live, in, I live over here and all of a sudden she has to go past you to get to Kristen right. or to get to Lady now, yeah. right? Kristen yeah. used to be there. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. huh, interesting. Hmm. Just kidding. No, mom. We love you, mom. Um, she did say something about that. She said, and and this is a, an interesting thing for David because I wouldn't I wouldn't have typically thought this. In in all areas, she said David was super patient. <laughs> she said especially when she was a uh, when she was I don't know if it was during the college years when she went back to college. I don't know when what she was referencing. But when you were in your later teens, you know, I don't know what, what that time frame was, but she said how patient you were with her. When she was when she's learning anything new, you're so patient with her. First of all, if my wife and kids are watching this laughing right now. <laughs> they are. I mean I'm patient in some things. I'm patient with, with certain people, I guess. I don't know, with mom. Mom and I were in college. I mean, she went back to college right, and right around the same time that I was beginning and um, <clears throat> before my mission. And uh, I think it was before my mission. I can't remember. But yeah, we were in a couple classes together. And it was a lot of fun. But don't let her fool you. The reason I passed those classes was because of her. It wasn't the other way around. <laughs> it wasn't my patience with her. It was her patience with me. Um, I, I she's she's given me that compliment before and I thank her for it but no it's 
I got, I got. Uh oh, you cut out, Dave. Good grades in the class after me. She helped me. I think I guess she. Oh no. You kind of cut out there. I did. Are you Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. So you said you had you got patient. You had patience. I I had patience with with certain things, like when uh, you wouldn't get a question or something that I got. It was just me explaining how I got to my conclusion of that answer that she felt was a very patient approach. But in all honesty, it was, she did a lot of work. I mean, mom, when she went to school, I don't know if you remember this, but she would be, she'd be at that table a lot longer doing work than I ever was in school. She was a very, very good student. And if she wanted to, she could go as far. I mean, she'd go further. She could be, get her MBA or her master's degree. She could be a doc, you know, doctor's student. And she would do very, very well. But she would, she would work herself. I mean, that's what she does. She would work herself. And so thank you, mom. But you worked hard. No, I agree with that. I can attest to that. Mom yeah. is amazing. The sacrifices that she's made for us and yeah. For those who don't know, my mom went back to school later on in life and became a teacher. And she started teaching once all of us were kind of raised and and uh, she had some more time. She went back and did that. And yeah, she she's so awesome. She probably doesn't give herself. You break it up on me, man. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can now. Yeah, she does, she I... doesn't. I'm sure doesn't give herself a ton of credit and in uh, a lot of things, but she is so amazing. I'm I telling my kids right now to turn off the internet. <laughs> the other thing, since we got a little break right here, Dave, I don't know yeah. if you're tapping things over there. No. Any kind of clicks, though, get picked up. So I'm not I sure. am. I haven't been. I haven't been. I have it all on off, but uh, um, I don't know. My my internet's kind of schizophrenic. But I did, I plugged in, I plugged into this. I was telling you, I got this receiver the other day or these, these satellite things. Yeah. And I have one up here, but I wasn't able to. Uh-oh, losing you. The computer didn't match up. And now it's on, uh, yeah. Hang on. Hang on for a second. Don't yeah. record this. <laughs> it's just Alexa, recording. make an announcement. What's the announcement? Will everybody please get off the internet? Announce. Technology, man. That's pretty yeah. awesome. See if you get any responses. You I got off. one down there screaming. I got, Dad, I'm not off the internet. So, for my youngest. Oh, this uh, this technology we're trying to do here, they're trying to utilize everybody and their dog is on the internet right now during this coronavirus. So, yeah. yeah so hopefully the quality of this podcast works out okay because I think uh, there's a lot to to be learned from David here in his example. All right, Dave. Let's see here. Moving on. Um, 
Let's well, there's all sorts of fun stuff from our youth, and I'm going to throw one out there real quick really? here. I throw one out there. Nice. Tell me about the speedo. <laughs> Is that from like Lainey? <laughs> that's from me, man. Huh? That's from you? That's from me. Oh, dude. Um, yeah, speedos are all in. What are you talking about? Even my kids wear when they're on the swim team here. That's Michael Phelps, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but nobody rocked a speedo like you did, Dave. Yeah, at the diving team for a little bit. Stuck. Oh, yeah. Well, brother, yeah, man, they, that, was their, that was their uniform. And got this little tanny speedo thing <laughs> this, I, I, I wore it well you did no you did my we had a video of david doing the dive on the dive team and wearing that speedo so that always we and we laughed at that point at the at the times whenever we reviewed that and over the years whenever i've seen that so when i think of dave's youth i remember the speedo when you were young yeah. by the way you say it was the uniform, but I got on the dive team and I had these big old baggy shorts that I wore. Um, Ryan, you wore hand-me-down Speedos. Don't <laughs> lie, dude. Oh, Just that like it, dude. That's kind of, it was kind of messed up. Is that what that was? It was really yeah, baggy, so. Dave. Really <laughs> Thank you. Uh, can, I, can I tell you my, my experience on the dive team? And so I think, I think, I think I did a straight jump. I may have done a dive and I don't remember what my third, third one was. And guess what? I always see my, my, I always claim, I usually don't tell that part of the story. I just say, Hey, I got second place in a high dive competition on the team. And then I mentioned there was only two people in the high dive competition. And you got third. (laughs) I got third. I got got third out of two. Yeah, yeah. It depends on how you look at it, man. I either got That's last funny. place or second place. Oh, I lost Dave completely. Well, just in case we don't get him back on, we may do, we'll do a part two with David, and uh, we'd love to bring on our brother Kyle because we want to uh, debate a little sports with him in the future. Um, but Dave's awesome. I've always looked up to him. He is my big brother, one of my three big brothers, right in the middle. And, um, you know, he, he's like, like we talked about earlier in the program, he, he is such a great, um, well, big brother. He's such a great inspiration um, as he, like, that's the guy you want to have in your corner. That's the guy you want to have in your group of friends. He's the one that makes you feel good about yourself always. He never... You never hear David bragging. You don't hear him um, like ever thinking he's better than somebody else, you know. And when you share something good about yourself or or you have some success in some area, he's not the guy that goes, well, I did this. And I'm, you know, he never tries to one-up you or make you feel like you're insignificant or your accomplishment was insignificant in any way. And I think that's a huge um, attribute and a huge, I don't know, skill or whatever it is that he has. And I want to be that way. And sometimes it's hard because we get prideful. And like I mentioned earlier, we think that we're, because somebody else is good at something, we, that means we're automatically not good at something or that we're not as good 
in general because somebody else is succeeding in a certain area as opposed to just being happy for people and that's what david is he's genuinely happy for others and i want to be that way so hey thanks for tuning into the podcast today um hopefully you liked it and got something from it hopefully the audio and maybe this video is worth posting and uh, worth listening to so Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. We'll try to get my brother David back on as well as some others that I look up to. And um, if you're watching this on YouTube, please consider liking and subscribing and also doing the same thing on the podcast channels. Thanks, guys. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you later on.